You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 121 with my friend, Anth Shanzamuth. Anth, thanks for joining the show, man. Yeah, glad to, James. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool to talk to you again. We just uh, had a little offline chat catch-up session. Uh, normally, I talk for talk with guests for like probably 10 minutes before we kick off and this one's been going for nearly half an hour. I feel like it's been a long time since we caught up. So if it isn't obvious to you guys, um, I, I know Amp uh, going back quite a way through various Facebook groups and online business communities. Uh, and we were chatting the other day about case studies. Um, and Amp does a lot of work in creating case studies for people. Uh, and to the point where uh, you've actually, a, a friend of mine created a book out of the case studies that you created. Uh, now that is friggin' amazing. So I'm a huge fan of case studies personally um, because, you know, it, it really shows, well, we'll get into, we'll get into why <laughs> very soon. Um, so, and let's start with a little bit of an introduction about you and simple creative marketing. Sure. So basically I'm a content strategist, writer, speaker, and podcaster. Um, simple creative marketing started five years ago now. So we were in, in Dan Norris's group um, and he had seven day startup, the book, and then the group. Uh, and I had read that and thought, okay, um, at the time I was working full time as a marketing manager for one of Australia's uh, largest co-working spaces. Uh, and was just at cool. sort of the end of that period. And so I was thinking, okay, what do I do next? Um, and thought, okay, one of the things that I've noticed with a lot of the, the small businesses and startups that are in, in our spaces was they really struggled with content, right? Um, they knew they needed to do it. They all wanted to rank on, SE, on Google. They, they, they knew those things, but just doing the work of actually sitting down writing like, you know, a thousand word article, even a 500 word article was a stretch for a lot of them. Um, and so they were looking for uh, freelancers. They're getting on Upwork. They're trying to find someone that could write quality for them. Uh, and I just thought, you know what, that's a major pain point for a lot of these startups, as you would know. Um, it, it's just real hard. And so, SEM basically launched with a seven-day challenge. Um, I just thought, okay, let's just put it out there. I'm going to the, the offer is I was a hundred bucks or whatever it was. I'll write you an article um, and let's see if we if we can get some clients. And within that week, we had three um, clients. One of them being uh, Jared Robertson, who's the guy who, who did the book that you mentioned, um, and another was Meryl from Be Ninjas, who is someone I've been working with for the past. Five years uh, now, right? Wow. So basically your initial week got you uh, clients that you still work with years later. That's amazing. 100%. Uh, and it's because, you know, they had obviously considered alternatives that worked, they tested our varieties and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just came back to I was the best at understanding their tone of voice, what the company was about, who mm-hmm. the audiences were, uh, and then crafting content um, to help them generate leads, essentially. Yeah. Did you know them at the time? Did I know the people? Like Merrill and Jared. No, no, I met oh, them wow. from dance group. Like I just oh. seen them posting in there and yeah, um, yeah checked out their sites. So I was like, okay, this is interesting. Uh, and I like both their approaches to what they were doing uh, in terms of 
becoming, I guess, thought leaders, you want to use that word, mm. um, in their spaces and then going, okay, let's apply some of these strategies that, you know, to, to market, my to marketing, and they both were driven by content. And, and that's mm -hmm. something that uh, obviously resonates with me. And uh, Meryl yeah. actually, actually both of them, when they started with me, the first thing they wanted was, hey, can you go and interview one of my clients and then turn that into a case study that we can use to promote our mm -hmm. service? Wow. Yeah. So that's how you got into case studies. Just, just before we get on with that, I will, uh, for listeners, I will link up uh, Seven Day Startup. That's Dan Norris's book, um, which has a lot of really good advice on basically how you can kick off a business in seven days. You know, it's, it's mostly geared towards productized services, but um, it is like a, a pretty classic almost book in entrepreneurial circles at this point. Like Dan has gone on to like leave online business basically and create a brewery now using online uh, marketing principles to market his brewery and they are absolutely crushing it. So it's quite the story. And that's probably where I'd say you can start on that as seven day startup. I will link that up in the show notes. So if case studies are massive, right? Like I, I would like to hear a little bit about how you, I guess, made this such a focal point for your business and like how, what kind of results you've seen? Yeah. So similar in a way that we just talked about for you and your business and just taking that year or whatever it was to find your product market fit. For me with content, it's so broad because it's everything from let's write white papers, eBooks to um, webinars. Like I was helping them with like with you know, being in just doing webinars and things like this and going, what's the best content to serve a specific need. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, so as a copywriter, there's a ton of stuff that I could write. The problem was it's very hard to differentiate when you're, I'm doing everything, right? Like it's like I can literally, you tell me what you need to write, I write it for you. Uh, and that was just a sh the crappiest pitch ever. And so for me, it was like, okay. Hey, a lot of people still try to do that. Uh, you know, <laughs> like we do everything for everyone and, and think it's like a good thing. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard. And so I, I went back to, okay, what's the, like over the past five years, so, I, you know, I was focused on different types of content, long form copy, short form copy, email copy, all this stuff, Facebook ad copy, all of it. Uh, and then just went, well, a lot of this, the one thing that's missing for, like if the intent is I want to use copy to generate leads or I want to use copy to generate sales, then you know a lot of long form stuff and articles that are how to don't typically serve that purpose. All right. Um, when you use case studies and testimonials, and we can talk about the difference, um, is now you're, what you're actually saying is, okay, you've got a specific problem that you need solved, okay, and I've solved it for someone already. All right. And here's the case study is a breakdown of, well, here are the steps that were taken to achieve the result. Okay. With, with a testimonial, you typically don't see that because all you see is, oh, yeah, I worked with Anth, or I worked with James, and, and the product did X, and we we're happy. Right, um, and that's not enough when someone's in the consideration mode, you know, in the buyer cycle where they're thinking about purchasing and they're, they're, or they want to jump on a call with you and learn more. Um, at that point in time, they want to understand, and if they, you, usually they're comparing you with three or four other vendors, um, and so they're going, okay, well, who's the one that can actually show to me and demonstrate without me having to necessarily jump on a call because I don't want to jump on four different calls with four different companies, right? Um, some do, but most trying to avoid it and so during their online research they'll just go okay well look this this site here has some really compelling case studies There's, they've done 10 of our 
clients that are in our space, so they underst- obviously understand what we do, uh, and they've been able to produce re- replicate the result multiple times, right? So that's why case studies become really powerful because it's like at that point of conversion, um, they're going, okay, not only do I know that you've pr- produced a result, I also know your methodology. I know what you did to get there. Mm. Right? And then I'm looking at that and going, well, I can't do that myself, so I'm better off just hiring James to do it, right? So, so, and that's the other consideration they're thinking about is can I DIY this and get the solution myself or do I need to hire the bookkeeper? Do I need to hire you know, mm. the, 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 the tech guy, whatever it may be? It's right? kind of content that's at the last step. Right? Yes. Like yeah, the how-to stuff obviously has a place and, and that's like for awareness or whatever because it's generally something people are searching. But that case study content is the final thing. Like someone's considering using your service or product and then the case studies are the things that make them go, oh, yeah, like these guys got the results that we're looking for. It's kind of a you know classic social proof. It makes you feel like you're in the right spot uh, that they can help you. You know, I, I know people use case studies in a variety of ways. I mean, I, I was just trying to pull up my Google, Google Analytics on the side here to see how many views we get on our case studies. And it's not enough, 100 so much not enough. Um, but, you know, we could fix that by remarketing to people with yes. case studies. I know that's a really big one um, where people go, okay, someone who has been on our sign-up page but hasn't signed up, you know, and they remarket to that person on Facebook or whatever system with uh, case studies like how this marketing agency saved, uh, you know, five hours a week with content snare, something like that. Um, I complete, I don't know how I didn't make this connection earlier, but um, one of our best first case studies is actually with Jared. Like yeah. Jared, get Jared jumped on a video and we have a case study with him because he said he uses content snare for his app development yeah. business. Um, but yeah, so something you mentioned there where it's like, you know, they've come to like a, your case studies page, they see 10 case studies. Is there like a level where it becomes too much? You know, is there a certain number of case studies you should have and how should you show them to people? I, I, there's going to be different opinions on this. Mm. Uh, I, I, I say there's never too much, right? Because if you have, if you've only got three case studies on that page, right? For me, it's like, well, that's not enough volume of work to, to, for you to claim that you're the expert. Mm. Right or or, or the, the specialist in that niche or that industry, right? But if you, I've literally seen pages where zero. If you go to Zero's website, um, they literally have fifty or hundred case studies, and wow. they and they and they're broken down into um, business type, right? So they've got the consultants, they've got the e-commerce, they've got the retail outlets that they serve, um, and and so you can actually see, you know, and they've got. Obviously, they've got big brands that they work with, right? And they, they profile, they highlight the big brands first because then you, you go, okay, well, you work with Telstra. Uh, I'll definitely, you're, you're a player, right? Um, and I'll use another one that, you know, I bought ConvertKit because Pat Flynn was the case study they used to market the product, right? Um, and so, and for me, it's like, well, I know, I know that guy. I trust everything that he puts out and he's pretty straightforward. Uh, and then if Nathan Barry's working with him, then I'm going to go and test this product out. Uh, mm. And that's how you can use it. And that, but they were very strategic in the way they, they, they launched their product was they went after all the, the micro-influencers, if you want to call them that. that. So mm. people, most of us probably wouldn't know unless you're in specific niches, right? Um, and so, you know, they went and they basically generated, a, you know, a whole bunch of them, put them on their, their website um, and also throughout their article. So I can share sort of different ways you can utilize the case studies. Um, but to answer your question, I'd say the more the better and break it down by the type of segments or 
businesses you work with. So if we were to use content snare as an example, you mentioned that you know you do have a few accountants that use the product. So on your case study page, I would break it into, okay, are you an agency or are you a accounting firm right yeah because people are looking for them right yes. they want to see they want to see a story that's like that's the problem they're dealing with you know and 100 percent, i'm on board with that because i use uh, you know i've looked at case study pages of other products and i'm trying to find like i'm reading these case studies being like that's nothing even close to what i want to do with this product <laughs> right so and so you just discount it so that's what people are looking for and I guess there's got to be an art to even putting the right name on on a like the title on the case study to get the right person to click click through it. And yeah. there's also a market here for a uh, sorry, uh, um, I can't remember what I was going to say. Oh yeah, a uh, not a market, a point like uh, something in support of niching, right? Because we're talking about creating case studies for all the industries you serve. If your industry that you serve is everybody, you're going to struggle to break that down <laughs> you know so i can see that you know that there's if you are serving like i don't know dentists the classic uh niche then it's going to be pretty easy to get a bunch of dentists as your case study so then other dentists can see that like that and that's why there are so many people that are, at, are like big on niching down because yeah. it enables you to do this because it makes you the specialist, right? If you're the generalist, it's like, why would I work with you when I can work with the other guy who actually knows all the dentists? They know the terminology. They all, they get the pro- the problem and the pain points, um, and they're solving it, right? And so, I can see five case studies here that they've done exactly what I want done for me for yep. the exact kind of business that I run. <laughs> and the best thing is when I'm looking at those five, and I know two of them already. Like that guy, I already know who he is. That girl, <laughs> I know who she is, right? And we're, we have a relationship, so I'm just gonna that that's. Literally, the closest thing to someone literally saying to you, saying to that, saying to their, their buddy, hey, I've worked with James before, go buy his thing. Like mm. that, that's, you know, without having that conversation, that's what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think as like, you know, you should have some like testimonials as well? Like, obviously, there's a difference between testimonials and case studies and they both have their place. I'd be interested to hear, like, do you still bother with testimonials? Like, how do you use them? Yeah, I do. So I'm going to frame this with, so we're talking to agencies, right, in this mm-hmm. podcast, but um, typically I work with professional services, agencies, and um, to a lesser extent, SaaS businesses. Um, but in all those segments, right, testimonials are valuable. Now, if you're in e-commerce, testimonials are 100% needed for each product you sell, right? Because when they're landing on your sales page for the product, you don't have space to have a long case study. You're not going to go click mm. here to go read the case study. You can do that. Um, but for uh, another good place that we've used for being ninjas for an accounting firm is in Google uh, reviews. Because Google reviews are typically testimonials. They're not case studies, right? Mm. Um, but that's where, you know, for that kind of business when people are researching you on Google Maps and they're like, I'm looking for the local accounting firm or local bookkeeper. Um, okay, I'm in the Gold Coast. Look, Beanie just comes up. Let me look at the reviews. And we've literally got, we've been working hard on getting reviews on there from our clients. Yeah. Um, and that's where it becomes useful, right? So in, t- in, t- in terms of the process, when I'm doing case studies for, for our clients, I actually, the last part of the case study interview with the client is to actually grab a testimonial. Yeah, I was actually just thinking that. I'm like, you could just easily rip a testimonial out of a case study. Yes, yeah. And that's basically saying, okay, if, James, if you were to recommend me to a buddy, you know, and this is, I took him down Norris, he, he, he used it this way. He basically said, if you're sitting in a pub and you're talking to your mate about this service you just used, how would you, how would you tell them about it, 
right? Mm. And, and you want to have it in that casual, oh, okay, I use Content Snare and, and I just was having a really crappy time trying to get you know, content off my clients. Um, use this tool, mate, you should have a look at it. That's mm. it, right? So you want to keep it sort of that. That's a good, yeah, good little yeah. framework of yeah. what it's like in a pub, yeah. it's Because, yeah. uh, you know, testimonials to me need to be really short like that. There's, I've seen testimonial formulas where they're like six or seven questions and it's like, I'm not reading that testimonial. At that point, it's more of a case study. That's yeah. actually actually what we do um, is ask those questions to create a case study. So that's, let's dig into that now. Like how do you, like if someone wants to create a case study, where do they start? So, I always start with planning, which is going to sound boring for a lot of people. It it literally is, okay, let's go back to who we're trying to attract, okay? So um, we did mention earlier, James, that, you know, case studies work best during the um, the stage of of the buyer journey where they're considering a a purchase, right? Um, They're also good... I'll share a story of how we used it also for attraction. So um, we did a case study of one of Beninja's clients. Um, and basically during that interview, I, I kind of worked out that his whole thing was um, because of you guys, the bookkeeping service, uh, I was, I didn't like his, his key message was, I just don't want to deal with zero. I don't want to get into the tool at all. I just made like, that's a waste of time for me. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just work focus on sales and, and um, developing the tech. Uh, and so he basically has a, a, a e-commerce platform. And so, uh, and I said, okay, so well, all right, great. So what, what did the, so now that you had, you know, you hired, the bookkeeping firm, and they took over, what, is that, what has that meant for you? What changed? And he said, well, literally now all I get is an email once a month from you guys. Uh, I have to jump into zero for five minutes, um, just check up a few things, and I'm done, all right? And that was like we literally, he went from, it took him, you know, I don't know, 10 hours a month to down to like five minutes a month. Yeah. And that was the end result, right? So if you look at the case study, and I can share it with you, yeah. um, it, the, the headline is, you know, like taking bento from, you know, hours to five minutes a month you know, accounting or whatever it was yeah and yeah so that that was the the, the key benefit wait so, is that jesse yeah yeah you know jesse. <laughs> i yeah. can't believe how many people are in the like in the same circles i guess <laughs> <laughs> jesse well, from well, bento uh yeah. is it get bento or something like yeah, that yeah 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 and so he uh and he's like that's really what it was and so when you're planning your case study out right so you want to think about what is the Typical pain point that your avatar is dealing with. Okay, so okay, um, so for in your case, let's use let's run you through the process, James. So if let's look at um, your let's you're, you're looking at agencies. What's the main pain point they have with what are they trying to achieve that they struggle with that content snare solves? I just want to clarify that it's actually uh, not to get bento. That's bentonow.com. Um, I think, uh, yeah, my bad. (laughs) Sorry, Jesse. (laughs) Um, yeah. So actually just before we step into what's in, in the case study itself, Mm -hmm. right? Like, cause that's what we're kind of covering there. Um, you know, what questions you're asking them. Can we back up and just say like, how do you encourage clients to give you a case study? Like okay. before you get them on the call, like, so I sometimes try to incentivize them because, you know, it can take 15 minutes on a call and I feel bad taking that time. So we'll normally put an offer out like, look, just jump on a call. Um, we'll give you a you know, hundred bucks credit or several months credit um, on your account. 
just like, so they don't have to pay for it. Like, is that a thing you guys do like discounting something just to say, thanks. Uh, we've never had to incentivize, like we've considered it. Mm. Um, for Google reviews, that's usually the case. Like that, that for them, it's like, because Google is just a pain in the ass to go in there and add the review. Yeah. Um, but for case studies, typically the way we do it, and I, it's the same, whatever content you're doing, it's always going to be what's in it for them. Uh, mm. And so it's like, okay, well, this is an opportunity for us to profile you and actually feature you, uh, your business as a star mm. on through our marketing, right? Yeah. So when we went to Jesse, he, he's a no-brainer because he just gets it. He's just like, okay, that's fine. Like, I want the word out about Bento to, to your audience. Yeah. So um, that's where we come from. It's like we're going to profile uh, we want more clients like you. Like I'm Frank in, in those conversations. Just say, look, you are one of our best clients. Um, so you give a bit of the, the ego boost, which is true. I'm not faking it. Um, and then going, okay, well, would you like us to profile your company through you know, our website and our, our podcast, whatever it may be? And they go, yes, okay, cool. Well, do you mind jumping on a 15-minute interview and we can do a case study about how we basically helped you mm. get a result, right? And it's really that simple. Um, does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because I, I guess I, another one thing I always use too is the fact that they'll get a link out of it. I mean, content yes. is a bit funny because, you know, if we're asking marketing agencies to come on, they don't really want to be profiled to other marketing agencies. It's not really a, a huge benefit. So that's why I try to incentivize in other ways. Like Bento um, and you guys, because I know you guys do a lot of e-commerce work. Bento does a lot of, like they're basically in e-commerce, right? That's like quite a big part of what they do. Yes. Um, so now they are getting in front of, like if you promote that case study, they're getting in front of their audience as well. So if people listening can, can somehow swing that where it's like, you're going to find a client, a really good client who would like to be profiled. I mean, that's huge. But other than that, like some people really are just okay and happy to jump on a call with you, especially if it's only 15 minutes. Cause I think that's the key here is not like, doing some like taking hours of their time to create a case study. It's like jumping on a call for 15 minutes, asking a bunch of questions and then converting that into a case study. Yeah. Do you manage WordPress sites for your clients? If so, you should probably check out WP remote. It's a central platform to manage all of your sites in one place. That includes security, malware, uptime monitoring, and it's even got a built-in staging system. But my favorite feature is the visual regression system that will give you an alert if something breaks on an update so you can get in there and fix it. It was created by the same people behind BlogVault and Melcare. Now, BlogVault is one of the best backup plugins I've used, and it's also trusted by some of the biggest WP maintenance agencies out there like GoWP, WP Buffs, WP Valet. So if these guys rely on it, you know it's rock solid. You can try WP Remote for free and get 10% off any of the paid offerings by going to wpremote.com slash highway. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, absolutely right. And I think you, you nailed a good point about just understanding what is it, in, again, what's in it for them. If, if, if you're talking to agencies and, and they're really like, well, I don't really want to be on there with 20 other agencies, um, that's fine, right? But you, then you go the other way and you say, okay, well, the benefit for you is you do get bank link, you get a backlink. Mm. You do get, you know, um, whenever you're, it's just brand awareness. It's like, how much are you paying to, to get your brand in front of mm. you know, your customers right now, right? Um, and so it, it's, it's, you know, we, we can get you that backlink. We can get you. There's other ways to do it. You can We can do some other content pieces with you and collaborate mm. in that way. Um, another way that works for us uh, that we've done before is to say, not only we're going to interview you about the case study, but we also want your feedback about the product. 
Mm. Right? So we're going to use that as a sort of R&D call as well. Yeah. Uh, we just want straight up feedback. How can we make it better for you? Right? Yeah. So nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's brilliant. I, sh- I don't advertise it like that, but I normally do ask that on the calls, you know, that's, that's like the, the final component afterwards. Yeah. So that's a really good thing because people do like giving feedback on something that they're using regularly or, you know, a service that they, you know, especially if they're going to continue using it, they want to be able to put their, their two cents in, right, to maybe get something changed. Cool. So so let's go back to the the case study itself. Now, I have a list of questions that I ask. I would be interested to hear, you know, how we so we get someone on a call. What do you do? Like, what are, what are the questions you ask? We we covered a couple. I, I shouldn't have uh, doubled back there, but you know, how do you start that that interview? So we always start off with again. Remember, it's about them. So we start with okay. Well, what's your business and who do you serve? So mm-hmm. it's really. We, and when you look at the published product on the sites, you can see it always starts off with who the company is. What you know, it's it's their that's their five seconds of fame, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we start with that, and then we go into okay, when you were at the consideration stage of before you hired us or you, you bought our product, uh, who else were you looking at, right? Like what what were you what was going on in your mind? What challenge were you trying to solve? Mm-hmm. And then so we're trying to elicit from them the actual. Uh, not only the pain point, but also what was going on at, in the consideration phase. Okay, so they're they're looking at. Um, so I'll use Jesse as because it's fresh in my mind. But mm. for him, he just literally went, "Well, I'm part of the DC uh, Dynamite Circle community. Um, you guys are very active in there. I've seen heard Mel on, on Tropical MBA a few times, um, and I just wanted to work with a bookkeeper who gets online businesses, right? So, um, so you, so now I, what I was able to pull out from that just quick answer was okay. What's important to him is that, that that he works with someone that's in the community that he's in, right? Mm. That he um, that the supply has been vetted, so we're getting recommended by Tropical MBA, therefore, and those guys, therefore, you know, this is not a new startup that has no legs yet, right? Yeah. Um, then I'm also looking at okay, well, what were the, what other things we're considering? So what we what were the problems you had with a previous vendor and so because he had a, a previous bookkeeping company he worked mm-hmm. with someone that he outsourced to in india um, and he went they were just terrible with detail like they, they kept on every time i had to do uh tax time i had to go back and go look look through back look back through 12 months of books just to clean up the stuff that they hadn't done right right, right? um and so that's the massive pain point I said, okay great all right so now so now we're what we're doing we're painting the before picture right so we're pulling all that out. Then we go into, okay, um, what was the experience of working with Bean Ninjas or whoever? What, what was it like working with Content Snare? Okay. And so they then start to describe, okay, it was professional. It was, you know, James always responded or the team responded very quickly. Um, they had a neat way for us to communicate, you know, with each other. Um, whatever the, those things are, they will highlight to you. These were the things that I liked about the experience. Because the thing about the case studies is, is not just the problem solution. And uh, it's also, what is the customer experience? What is it like? Because when we're considering who we're going to hire or work with, we're always wanting to know what's the experience like, you know, if it was a very painful experience, but I got the result, you know, and you could give me someone else who gave me the result and gave me a wonderful experience, which way am I going to go? Right. Yeah. So, that's what we're looking for. So we ask about the experience and then we go into, okay, um, now tell us about the primary benefit, the outcome that you achieved, and they'll tell you what that is. And then they go, okay, what other things came out of that experience for you? Right Now, usually the customer will think about, oh, it saved me a bunch of time 
or it um, you know generated X amount of leads or generated X amount of revenue or whatever it might be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's cool, right? But what I like to get into is, but there's other benefits that come from that. And to give you a case study that worked really well, I did one for um, uh, Andy Willis, which is work from anywhere. So um, his thing was, okay, his whole... USP or his his value proposition is that we will save you time and I'll help you to go from working you know, in an office to working remotely and, and he basically teaches companies how to do that, right? And so um, I interviewed one of his, his best clients and when we spoke, when I asked her these questions, she revealed to me that really her biggest challenge was she was doing her admin on the weekends and what that meant was she didn't have time with her 10-year-old son, right? right? Um, and so it's like... So, so we're thinking, oh, or you know, the business is thinking, oh, we're basically freeing up some time. But why? But why is that important to the the client, right? And then she's going because I don't want to not be there for my son as he's growing up, you know what I mean? And so that was the driver. And so when we can pull out the emotional driver, right, that's now ten million times more compelling than just I saved some money or I made some money, right? It's it's literally okay. So, so now we lead with that. It's like if you're a mother or you're a parent who's struggling with you know, getting time with your kids, mm. right? This thing here can solve that for you, right? Here's Janine, right? Nice. So, yeah, so so that's um, part of the questioning. And then we wrap up with, okay, the question we, we shared earlier was, okay, if you were to, Janine, if you were to, to tell a mate at a pub or whatever it was, um, that whole thing, like how would you explain that to them? And then she gave that in her words, great, that's a testimonial, okay? So that's, that's really the process. Um, a lot of it is just like what you're doing on this podcast, you dig deeper, so mm-hmm. once they give you something, you go, hmm, I'm curious about that. Tell me more about that thing, right? Um, and then, you know, for me, I always pre-frame the interviews with the, with the clients. I always say to them, what I don't want this to be is um, like glossy. I want it to be real and I want to get to the heart of, you know, how this has actually impacted your business or your life. Um, and so, you know, and for some clients being in the accounting world for being ninjas, they don't want to give revenue numbers and that's fine. Like they don't want to talk about the numbers. So then we got to look at, well, where are the other benefits? What are the emotional benefits? Where are the other um, side benefits that come from that, right? So they might not. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally understand that well. Uh, you know, we are dealing with agencies who have saved time on content collection, but no one has ever tracked their time well enough to be able to give me an exact number. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I'm like, do you have any numbers? I'm like, And they're, they're just like, nah, but, you know, we get gut feels, you know, like say 50% on something, you know, but it's kind of hard without the real numbers, but yeah, I totally get it that some people aren't willing to share that or don't even have the data. So yeah, of course, um, yeah, you can focus on other things like the emotional side. So yeah. it's, it's just interesting. I really love a lot of those questions. Like they're actually fairly similar to the ones I ask, but that one at the end with the, what would you tell a mate in the pub? I am totally stealing that. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> do, do you have a resource somewhere where people can learn more about these? Yeah. Yep. So if you go to simplecreditmarketing.com forward slash case study guide, um, okay. and you can link up to that. People can of go. Of course. Yep. Yeah. Um, I will definitely put that in the show notes at a little bit agencyhighway.com slash one, two, one. I might even put my own questions in there. Um, I'm just going to better take a note that um, what would you say to a mate in a pub? Because, oh man, I love, I really love that question. It's so yeah, good. It's because, yeah. because testimonials, often you read them and they're just like, this is just forced or weird. But because it's, like, it's written by the market. It's not written by the client. Like the client would never say that. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, sometimes it is written by them, but it's it's not natural because you've asked like a weird question for them yeah. to answer or, or they don't know how to, you know, that, a big thing is people don't know how to write testimonials. People don't know how to write case studies. So that's why you need to have these questions to elicit the, the, the things that you need to know. Yeah. Um, we've tried it. Like we've tried it um, just through email as well. And it's not the same. Like it's very different when you mm-hmm. just send a list of questions to a client and they respond by email um you get the very generic it's like this is the you know the nice answer it's like window dressing answer mm. um it's when you can get on a call or sit face to face with someone and like what we're doing here we can dig deep and you go okay let me like let's go a bit more deep into that mm. um that's where the gold comes out right yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the benefit of doing it on a call, and this is the reason we started this way, actually, wasn't even to make case studies. They they fell out of our call process because the purpose of these was a video testimonial, essentially, or a video case study. Um, and then we're able to easily edit that together in a way where you, you get those one-liners, you know, and you, you cut them down into a minute or two minutes, make them short, um, just get the, the really good lines and, and you know, still give them an opportunity to promote their own business or whatever in there and then say what kind of results they got. It's amazing. Cause then you can see the emotion in it. It's, um, it's way more, I guess, trustworthy. It feels more trustworthy because, you know, anyone can write some content, but if you're recording a video with a person from that business, it's like, you know, well, I guess, I guess we're getting into deep fake territory now where <laughs> you'll be able to get anyone to say anything. It's pretty scary times. Um, yeah. But, I don't know. Is that, I feel like we've got a pretty almost play by play guide there on how to create case studies. Do you have any tips on like how you would actually convert those case studies into text? Like, do you have any tricks there? I mean, to me, it seems fairly self-explanatory. Um, uh, do you have a structure or something? Yeah. I mean, we, we use writers to do it. So, um, and then their process is basically they Click it into an AI tool. You can use Otto or you can use um, some kind of mm-hmm. uh, rev.com if you want to, to put some budget towards that. That's um, um, transcription for transcription. people listening. Yeah, different yep. transcription services. So yeah. you can pull that, pull all the text out. And then what we have is our writer to go through. And then, then, because here's the thing when someone says something to you and it's a paragraph, mm-hmm. uh, you, then the writer has to go through and give it context, right? It's mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, I, you know, James said this, great. Right, but now you think about the audience who's going to read the case study or watch the case study video, right? And then what are they thinking in their heads, right? So you're going to have to get some thought process around that to match, mm-hmm. you know, the story, right? So, like when I, if I gave you the transcript of my conversation with Jesse, like it was very raw. He was swearing in certain places, and, <laughs> um, you know. And I'm going, that's not going to work for the audience. It might, yeah. but uh, typically, you know, how what really sucks is when people do podcast transcripts. I'm going to say. Excuse I love me. you just had like a sweet street sweeper yeah. or something go yeah. past there. This is I love I love just the the raw stuff like that on podcasts. It's brilliant. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so what you want to do? Yeah, minimum you can just get a transcript, and then you basically then go through and just edit that transcript so it makes mm. sense. Because if you throw it up on your website as a transcript, it's just not it doesn't flow. Yeah, and it's the context thing I understand because that's kind of how I've fallen into doing them, where I pull out the quotes. And I put them in an order, like, I, you know, it might be only just know, a handful of quotes, maybe 10 that are really like the best ones. And then tell a story using those quotes is kind of how I've done it. Like, you know, this is Hugo. This is what they do. Uh, so that's, I shouldn't have said Hugo. That's the, that's the exact company um, that has done a, a case study for us. You know, this is who they are, what they do. And then it's like, this is the problem they were having. And then this is the quote from them 
in bold or something that says exactly how they solve that problem and or how how Concept Snare solves it for them. Yeah, absolutely. So we always start with again headline. What's the outcome? And then you go company. Um, bit of bio about the company and maybe mm. the entrepreneur or the business owner or the agency owner. Mm. Uh, and then you go into okay, problem statement. What what was the challenge or challenges they had? And then you go into what was the okay. Now here's the part we didn't talk about is the once you've got the solution the problem, then you've got the solution which the client gives you mm. uh, or, or nothing not a solution. They give you the outcome. What they haven't given you is what did you do? What was your role in that? Right. right? So, so I always go to the business owner or, or the company that, that hired me and say, okay, now walk me through what are the steps you took to get that outcome for the client, gotcha. right? Uh, and so then we then they put, put down their five steps or whatever it may be, and you know, um, the, the the more detail, right? Like in this piece, the more powerful I feel it is. If you gloss over it and go, step one was we interviewed them. Step two was we sent them the software. Step three was they went and you know, did the onboarding process and done. Like <laughs> that, that's not gonna like convert convince anybody. So yeah. so what what you want to get into is okay. Let me break down a use case a bit more and go understand. Okay, here were the specific, like for every challenge that has been highlighted by the client, you want to basically put a, a sentence that basically addresses that challenge. Mm. This is what we did, right? So if you look at Jesse's case study um, on the Bean Ninja's website, what you'll see is I actually went to the accountants who, who worked on that client file uh, and went, okay, break down the entire process for me. And they, they did that. And so if you're reading that case study now and you're a potential, you know, you're an e-commerce, whatever, or you're a potential client and you're reading that and you're going, there's no way in hell I'm going to do those 20 steps. Mm. Like, like it's just not going to happen, right? Yeah. So and that's what you want, you know, in that case study. Yeah, I can see that. That's that's the classic trick there um, to like make the process well, just show how much is involved yeah. in the process, so they don't they don't want to go and do it themselves. You know, like um, a guy I know has a, a Kyle from uh, the admin bar has like a website owner's manual that he sends to clients. Um, to say, here's all the things you need to do to keep your site backed up, secure, updated, blah, 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 blah. With the idea being that like, they go, screw that. I'm hiring you to, and, you know, jumping on your website maintenance plan. Um, and I will also link up the website owner's manual um, in the uh, show notes, as well as uh, Jesse's case study on Bean Ninjas. Um, if you guys want to go and check that out again, that's at agencyhighway.com slash one, two, one. Now just one final thing I'd like to talk about, and that's actually leveraging these case studies. We've kind of touched on it already in that, like, you know, using remarketing. I mean, that's pretty much it. I I make them available on one of the main pages on our site. We've got, you know, homepage, pricing, tour, um, case studies, you know, and contact are the the main things. Um, I, in our onboarding, I link to actually Jared's case study, um, the app match. So I think it's like the, the second last email that goes out when someone's on a trial with us. Um, they get his case study. That's all I'm doing. Like, do you have any recommendations on how do you leverage these case studies once you've done done them, put all the work in? <laughs> Those three are great. And this is the key, right? You produce once and you leverage as multiple as many times as you can. Mm. Um, I've literally got a, an article which I'll share with you or uh, 15 okay. ways to share your case studies. Okay. Um, let's walk through. I won't go through all of them. Let's go through five more that you haven't Sounds talked about good. already. Um, okay, first one is this is how we actually generated a sale um, from Jesse's case study. So we basically, once it was published, we put it out on Twitter. So step one, social media. You got to put it out on social media. Mm-hmm. So we, we put it out on Twitter. We tagged Jesse. He immediately retweeted it to his audience. Um, and then one of his people um, 
literally responded within five minutes and said, I need that. I'm going to contact and book a call now. Um, <laughs> and that turned into a lead like within that five minutes of publishing that case study. Wow. Right? Um, and yes, that person did become a client. So, so that, that's social media. Definitely do that. And you've got to do it in a way, again, this is why your headline is so important because if your headline is not speaking to the pain point and how you solve it, um, and it just said like, here's a, here's a, a success story of James. Who's James? And what was the success, right? So the way we put that, the, the little, if you look at the, the tweet, I'm looking at it now, it basically says client success, here's how we reduce Bento's bookkeeping time to five minutes per month, read more, right? Uh, yeah, and so anyone reading that going, shit, that's what I want, boom, mm-hmm. right? Um, so social media. Brian Harris is someone, I don't know, if, I'm sure you know who he is, James, but uh, he James runs Video Fruit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. And now it's Growth Tools. Uh, he does this every week. He basically does this tweet where he's got clients had like 104 wins last week. Total revenue impact was $82,000. Dawn landed a $15,000 client. Shane got a close two deals for 20K. Michelle sold $17,000 in courses. See all the wins here. And he puts a link to his case studies page, right? Oh, what? And he's putting up that many case studies each each day, each week, yeah, sorry. Each week. Yeah, each week. And because he's got a process and he, there's, there's a tweet that he's got where he shares the process as well. Yeah. Um, he, he basically sends an email every week to his clients saying, can you share with us what's your win this week? Right. Ah, interesting. I love that because, like, I've been thinking about doing something like sharing our feedback. You know, we get feedback for content snare through like, you know, surveys and stuff. And I've been thinking about how ways to turn that into a tweet. I can't believe this is so dumb. Like, I've been thinking about trying to do it in like a nice designed graphic, and then having to get a designer to create it. And I'm just looking at Brian Harris's tweet here, and it's literally just a couple of emoji dot points and text. I'm like, why didn't I think of that? Oh, well, wow. complicated, man. You're not alone. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the last week wins. I mean, it's literally just like uh, tidbits on a page. Like it's literally just a listing, almost like uh, tweets. It almost yeah. look like mini tweets from your clients where there's an image, a quote, uh, and a link to their website. Oh, man, that's... It's gold. <laughs> I am so stealing this. Holy crap. I'm putting that in the show notes too. That'll be under um, growth tools uh, wins. Yes. That is, oh man, thank you for coming on this show. I'm done. I'm leaving. <laughs> I've, got, I've got what I, I need. It. Oh, that is such a good idea. <laughs> and so then, and then about- rolling that up into a tweet. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Easy, right? Um, we just got to do it. Just put, a, put it in your system. That's your workflow. Do it. Mm. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing that can easily be turned like somewhat automated as well using yes. tools like Zapier and, and Integramat. Um, so this yeah. is right up my alley. Right up your alley, man. Yes. Um, so social media, talk about that. Um, so that wins page you're talking about, that's the second way. They're creating a really good customer success stories page on your website. That's got to be in your menu. Um, it's got to be, you got to link that from all your marketing collateral on your onboarding process. Um, the third one is proposal templates. Now, I'm, you're we're talking about agencies here, so we're doing a lot of proposals, right? Mm-hmm. In your proposals, you really should have your case studies in there, okay? Um, and you want to customize to the client, all right? So whatever type of business that you're propose, doing a proposal to, pick the case study that's obviously representative of that type of business, put it in your proposal. So we did this for Be Ninjas. Um, so if you ever get a proposal from them, you'll see, okay, here's a story about Jared, or here's a story about Dan or whoever it may be. Um, and they're carefully selected, right? It's not always the same case study. Um, the fourth one, uh, so that's three. The fourth one would be in your email signature. Really simple, right? Similar to the tweet that, that Brian did um, or the tweet that we did, stick that into your email signature, 
check out how we helped blah to X, whatever the result was, mm-hmm. right? Link that to the case study that sits on your website, okay? Um, Actually, I, I do a bit of that in Active Campaign. There's a tool called uh, Message Variables. And what that essentially allows you to do is have like a placeholder where you can put in any email in your entire system uh, and then have that bit of text uh, get replaced, right? So there's one place now I go and I can just change it right now. It actually links to our case studies. It just says these people are saving lots of time with content snare uh, on their content collection, whatever it is. Um, Now I can go and change that. Like if we've got a promo running, I can change that little uh, piece of text and that will change on literally every single email that goes out in our system. Like, and whether it's automated or it's a one-off campaign, it's all just done automatically, which is, I need to do a YouTube video on this because that's such a cool feature. Um, and yeah, I literally am using case studies in that snippet right now, globally. Love in it. Our account. Love yeah. it. Yeah, do the video, man. I'll, I'll share it around because that, that's <laughs> gold. Um, another one, which is probably a bit left field and most people th- not thinking about this, but I suggest that businesses use the case studies in their team training and team onboarding. Hmm. Um, because one thing, you know, the best way to, to train someone coming into your company about what you guys do is share the customer wins. This is how we solved X for this person or this business, right? Uh, and what happens is your employees or your team members are also your ambassadors. So if they are aware of where your case studies sit, then you can actually say, you know, build an internal campaign to have them promote through their own social media po- uh, profiles, um, get them to be you know, out there plugging the, the clients that they've worked with, especially if they've worked on, uh, with a specific client or solved a specific problem. Mm. Actually, you're also not only highlighting what the client achieved, but you're actually highlighting that particular team member. Right um, now, your obviously your, your SaaS platform is a bit different, but um, for the agencies, this is very relevant. Oh yeah, absolutely. Having their employees, especially if their employees have been working on that job, you know, and they're proud of that work, of course they're going to share it. That's awesome. Right. Um, And I would leave you one more and the rest you can see in the blog post, but this one is if you're out there doing talks or getting onto webinars or summits or these sort of things, um, put your case studies in your presentation decks, Mm -hmm. right? So you want to make sure you have at least, I always go for the magic number three, um, but you want to make sure, you know, in their bullet point format, we already gave you the format. Um, it's, you know, problem or outcome is achieved, problem, yep. solution, and then testimonial. Make that one slide, put it in your slide deck, and it's always there. And you always remember, you got to share it out. So every time you, so I see people go up and do talks and they get onto summits, they get onto conferences, and they never share their case studies. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's not just about the content, man. Like that's the best opportunity to sell what you do right? <laughs> and who you serve. So tell the stories of the success story. Uh, I'm going to back you up hard on this one because I know a guy who does, <laughs> there's the dentist example again, literally does dentist marketing, is known very well for it here. And he goes to these dentist conferences. He gets asked to speak at them uh, and they're no pitch events, right? Like they're not, they're not allowed to get to the end and go, now here's, the, here's what you do if you want to work with me. He just gives the content, you know, this is how you run a Facebook campaign. He's a, he's like an example of what we did with one of our clients. It's just a case study, right? And he cleans up from <laughs> these events. So, you know, he it's no pitch and it's not really a pitch. It's just like, look, this is the results you can get. And people go, cool, I don't want to do it. I'm going to hire you to do it. <laughs> that's it, man. Like it's, That's the way you do it. And you're right. A lot of these industries are, are no pitch. So you can't go up there and mm. go, go get my lead magnet. Yeah. But you can go, this is how we solve this problem for yeah. this. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Damn, man, this has been a massive episode. Um, if it's if it's not clear to people listening, I am super into this topic, and I have gotten so many ideas out of this. This is ah, oh, I'm gonna promote the crap out of this one. This is not, <laughs> I, I promote all of them, but this is one I feel like you know, there's just so much value in here that I would like to maybe turn this into our own little standalone blog post or something as well. Good so, work of you on that one, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. So. All right, Anth, um, where can people go? So obviously this is all going to be linked up at uh, agencyhighway.com slash 121 under uh, Anthony uh, Shanzamuth's (laughs) name. Uh, But yeah, so just the 112 at the end. Sorry, 121. My bad, my bad. Agencyhighway.com slash 121. We're going to have links to Seven Day Startup, um, your case study guide, Jesse's case study, the website owner's manual, your 15 different ways to share case studies. Uh, now, is there anywhere you are, you are allowed to pitch in this event? So is there anywhere you would like people to go? If you, do you have like a resource you could give people? I think just go grab the case study guide. That's probably the, the quickest way. Yeah, um, cool. And, you know, you can connect with me from there. There's all the, all the socials and all those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we'll have all your socials linked up in, yeah. the, in the show notes as well. And thank you so much for joining me. Appreciate it, mate. It's been a fun chat and it's good to catch up with you. Absolutely. That was amazing. There was so much information. I hope you guys got as much out of that as I did. Again, agencyhighway.com slash 121 for all the notes. There were a lot of them this week. Uh, Yeah, that's it. And I'll see you in the next episode. Ciao. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.